You're listening to Infertility Bites. Infertility Bites, but it bites a bit less when you're not alone. My name is Casey, and I am blessed to be joined by my co-captain in this journey, my lovely wife, Sarah. Hello! On this series, we talk about our experiences dealing with infertility. It is important to note, however, that we are not doctors or even experts, just people who understand how difficult it can be. Each person's journey is different, and it's like a fingerprint, so it's best to leave the medicine to the professionals. Um... It's been a while since we had an episode, yeah. and uh, we want to apologize, but life is what happens when you're making other plans, right? Um, and so we had to battle some illnesses in the household, and, and nothing serious, but just nagging things. And then a three-year-old who's in the midst of potty training, oh. that um, is always fun. So um, it just kind of kind of got got out of hand and and we didn't have a whole lot of extra time to do the podcast for a bit um but hopefully we're going to be back on schedule here soon um this week we wanted to just kind of wing it a little bit and talk about something that every couple dealing with infertility has to battle and that's demotivation or staying motivated to be precise um when dealing with infertility it's really easy to get overwhelmed it's really easy to get down it's really easy to get uh pessimistic and there's a lot of things that you have to learn to do to keep yourself motivated and at the same point keep it from becoming just like a job yeah so you don't become too obsessed uh and so you know there's a lot of those little things that you'll have to deal with. Um, you know, you're going to have endless amounts of medication or shots to give yourself. <clears throat> you're going to have periods where you're probably tracking ovulation and, and uh, just obsessing over that. You're going to have periods, likely, before you get to the IUI and IVF stage where the doctor's basically prescribe you to have sex every two days or or something to say listen just let's throw everything at it um and during those times it's really easy to get frustrated it's really easy to get down and and demotivated on it and so and trust us we we went through years of this. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we had to do a lot of that. We had to do the basal body temperature to track her ovulation, um, endless, endless amounts of ovulation tests to try to tell, is, is now the right time? Is she ovulating right now? Is she ovulating now? Um, and then, like we said, there's there was a time when the doctors just recommended us. I mean, they still wanted us to do the ovulation tests and stuff, but they basically said, you know, from from the moment you think she's close to ovulating to to halfway through the cycle, you know, just have lots of sex. And it gets frustrating because you'll probably know people who make jokes like, well, it's the practicing that's the most fun. You know, it's the trying that's the fun part. And when when you're so focused on having a baby, yeah. 
and it's been so hard up until then, it can be really hard to keep the fun in that. It becomes a chore. It becomes a job. And that can be really tough, right? So you have to find some things to do to keep yourself motivated. You have to understand that it's okay to take a month or two off from trying, right? You know, it's not the end of the world if you just stop for a month or two and just say, let's let's live our yeah. lives for a bit and let's have some fun. You know, if we feel like having sex, we'll have sex. But if we don't, we don't. That's fine. Let's take the pressure off of it. Because if if you focus so much on the end result and not on on the journey, it can really weigh you down. There are a lot of other things to think about. Even even outside of that though, it's just you know, when you've got year after year of trying, it's really easy just to get down on yourself. And so we thought we'd we'd kind of go over some of the the things we went to some websites to find some tips that they have for it. And these are the ones that we kind of agree with. Um, this one here actually kind of hits uh, my wife a bit uh, because I've told her to do this even outside of uh, fertility things is uh, keep a list of positives. Right? Yes, just, I know. Just every day. Write down a couple things you're grateful for. Keep Which, writing it down. Like you said, it's it's a good thing to do even if you're not trying to. Your your end goal is not a baby. It still is a very good thing to do just mentally. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I know I was good for it for a while and then, you know, I kind of lose track. Well, you know, life happens and things. But it is definitely... When you think of things, of all the things you're lucky to have, it does, I don't know, mentally do something where you're like, okay, you know, life's not as terrible as I thought it was because you you can see all the things that you're blessed to have. Mm-hmm. And keeping those in mind because it is easy to get focused on the negatives, the things you don't have in case of infertility, you don't have the baby. But... There are so many other things that you do have in your life that it's important to take a step back from the the negative and think about the positive. And that's why that that's such a good hint is just just every once in a while writing down, like I said, two or three things that you're happy about in your life, things that that you're you're glad are in your life. And and keep it on that list and you'll notice that list keeps growing every day, every day that you do it. And suddenly your list is two pages long or three pages long or ten pages long, um, you know, and it makes it a little bit easier for your brain to not think about the negative and, and stay positive. So, uh, But some other things that are really really easy to do to help keep motivated and keep positive and some of that's just as simple as as music and dance and and singing along and karaoke and and just having a good time right find yourself some some music that you really like listening to and everyone's all just put it on and if you're if you're a dancer dance to it if you're someone who just likes to sit on the couch and bob your head do that 
but take some time out of your day and out of your worry about fertility to just immerse yourself in something um, or art. You know, if you're if you're a Broadway person, you know, find a play, a musical online and just put it on or your favorite musical on CD or MP3 and put it on and just listen to it or your favorite band or or a just, podcast or a podcast or um you know the pitch perfect movies or whatever <laughs> whatever really does oh that makes me laugh hey or yeah. or jim gaffigan comedy special you know laughing's another thing yes there. um in fact one of the things during our journey before my wife was pregnant um I, I took her to, I mentioned Jim Gaffigan, but Jim Gaffigan was performing near us. And uh, I bought tickets to it, and, and we went to a Jim Gaffigan concert. And for one night, we just laughed. We laughed for two and a half hours straight. Yes, it was good. It was nonstop. And that's that's something that you need in the middle of all of this, right? If you're If you're the type of person who meditates or does yoga um doing that can be a very very relaxing thing and help take your mind off it if you're not a meditator or a yoga person even just reading peaceful thoughts and thoughts yeah. of of you know like poetry or or something like that or just alone time just mm-hmm. something and i mean i know that can be it can be difficult if you go back into your mind and start thinking but just just kind of, you know, find your inner peace. Mm-hmm. It sounds really silly. Um, I've told people this before, and it's not specifically related to the infertility journey, but it's related to a lot of things in life. Um, I'm a big sci-fi nerd. What? And in in the book slash movie slash miniseries slash upcoming movie, Dune... <laughs> There's there's a thing called the litany against fear, and I've used it most of my life as a way to help calm my mind when things are getting overwhelming. Um, and so, if you if you're a sci-fi person who's read Dune or watched them, um, you probably already know it. Um, it's a simple litany that you can repeat to yourself. You can even just think it over in the back of your head, and it can help uh, get through things. And it doesn't have to be this litany. It can be whatever. It can be your favorite Bible verse. It can be your favorite um, lyric yeah. from a song that that really relaxes you or something. But having these words, these comforting words in your head that can help calm your brain when your brain starts going 100 miles an hour over things. Um, e- even something as sim- simple as just saying to yourself, you know what? I'm I'm not going to be sad for a while. Can be helpful, you know? Well, I know sometimes I would just think about, I know this sounds kind of crazy, but just realize in the long, the big scheme of things that our life wasn't that bad. I think that was one thing. And I guess I, part of it was my granny was kind of like that. My granny was always kind of like just be, she was very much be appreciative of what you have. And so I think I just, I think like that. And so, hey, I've got, I've got a roof over my head. 
I've got loving family that loves me. Um, I just tried to pull those things, which it can be hard, but I mean, at this, cause you know, there's always someone that has things that you would like, you know, as in like, there's someone that has, you know, the huge house, the white picket fence and four kids. And you're just like, well, what, you know, but at the same time, you have to just realize, okay, I may not have that exact same scenario, but I have the things that are important to me and, you know, count your blessings when it comes to your health, whatever that may be, you know, because uh, it could always be worse. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even even as little as just taking a break from all of the the stuff, just taking some time off from it, taking some time away from social media so you're not constantly bombarded with friends and family who are announcing their babies uh, or their pregnancies. Um, just taking five minutes to walk and clear your head. You know, we've mentioned before at Sarah's job how often she would have a coworker come in with the exciting news that they're pregnant and how hard it is can go through. And even just, you know, being able to say, I mean, I'm really happy for you. Excuse me, I've got to go use the restroom. And just getting yourself out of the situation for a bit and taking five minutes or ten minutes away from it so that you uh, can clear your head a bit can be very helpful for it. Um, there's, There's a whole lot of things, you know, and I think... Like I said before, I mean, one of the biggest ones is even just taking a break every once in a while. I, I'm a big advocate for starting when you're, when you're ready. Like, when you are, are on this journey of infertility, I'm an advocate of don't wait. But I'm also an advocate of take breaks in the trying, right? I... I firmly believe if you and your partner are saying we're ready to have a baby and you've been trying for a year or two years and it hasn't happened, then take the next step and go see a doctor and all that. But at the same point, don't feel like once you've seen the doctor, it starts a clock and you have to just go bam, 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 bam. If things don't work in the first round, which for a lot of people, they don't. There's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing backwards about it. It's just the way it is. Sometimes things don't work in the first round. Feel free to take a month or two. Go on dates. Go on like, some dates. Yeah. Like just, but don't maybe have it associated with sex and just, just go to have fun. Like we were mm-hmm. saying with the comedian, just, you know. And even, like I said, take a month off. Take two months off. Say, we're, we're not going to worry about having a baby for the next two months. Um, you know, you'll, you can still do some of the stuff. Like, well, uh, if yeah. the doctor prescribes you certain medication, go ahead and do the medication. But just say, you know, we're, we're not going to go into the doctor and say, are we ready to do a transfer this month? Just, just say, we're going to do the medication for, for a few months. We're just going to have some fun. And then, and then after a couple months, then we'll decide. Then we'll go start the next step. 
or or don't do the medication for a few months. If the doctor's fine with you, say, listen, we we just want to take a month or two um, to recuperate from this loss, and they'll understand because every they they know that every failure, every setback in the infertility junior journey is is a loss and you need to grieve yeah and the, they'll understand that so take a month to grieve take a month off to, to and uh, i think a doctor should understand that i mean i i truly liked our doctor because we both knew she had gone through this and so i think i'm not saying that it's important to find one that has but i think i just me personally i feel like they would be more understanding of, hey, I just, I need a break. I need, because the medication you're on, I mean, it's, you know, it's doing stuff to you. I mean, it's messing with you and, you know, and even though Casey wasn't getting the shots, he had to give me the shot. So, I mean, it does affect, it affects everyone. But I just, you know, I do think it's, I shouldn't say that because I don't know, but I'm just being me personally, I found it helpful to know that our doctor had gone through the same stuff. Mm-hmm. So just that they'd be understanding. And then um, one of the lists we came across, one of the things on it was help someone else. And I think that's kind mm. of where we are in our infertility journey. We've had one baby. We've been very open before on the show that we want another one. Um, that down the road will be going through this again if we can find the way to justify it financially but for the time being our way of working on this journey is to help others and this podcast is is that way and and we participate in some forums online on facebook and groups like that um, where we talk to other people and we help them in their way and that's a great way to kind of Stay motivated, but take the focus off of you for a bit so that you're not constantly about me, 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 me. Um, yeah. So that's a, that's a really good one. And then I think the last kind of hint on this that might help is, and it's on one of these lists, it's, it's stop taking so many pregnancy tests. <laughs> um, oh. Because it, it's really easy to... Go down, down a very bad spiral. Yes, just just absolutely spiral into pregnancy tests where, where you you're you're three days late. So well, maybe it can te- detect it already yeah. and, and negative, and then and now you're feeling bad because you got a negative test, and then the next morning you're like, well, maybe I was just too early, so you take another pregnancy test and it's still negative, and and you do that for five days straight or six days straight. Until you're finally sure, or your period finally comes, and then you know that you're not pregnant. Uh, but you've had six days or seven days oh. of this negative, starting off every day, negative, negative, negative. Um, and it yeah. really can bring you down. And so it's kind of one of those things where, like, my advice would be, Wait until you're late enough that the pregnancy test says it should be effective and take a pregnancy test. I'm not saying don't take one, but if it says negative, say, okay, 
And don't take another one for three or four days. Um, and let give your period a chance to show up. And if it shows up, then you've only had the one negative pregnancy test. Um, but if it doesn't show up, then you take another one. And maybe then you get a happy face because you waited long enough between them. And so instead of seven no's and then a yes, you've got one no and then a yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, I mean, it is easier said than done because I know I did that. I know I took test after test one because now knowing that I have PCOS where just in general everything's irregular. I mean, I know once... I think we were going on a vacation and I was over seven days and I was like, oh, we have to be. And man, it actually almost ruined our trip because when I got to the trip, I got my period and I was just, I was so devastated. Uh And I just remember you had to just hold me for a bit and here we are supposed to be having fun and I'm just, you know, so I'm not, I'm not saying if you need to do it once, I'm not, I'm just saying we, we, it's one thing we learned was that. It doesn't help to just do it every morning, but it is, you know, easier said than done. Um, and then the other thing, and this is something that we didn't really take advantage of when we were going through the first time, because we didn't know it was out there, really, and we didn't think about it. And um, and if you're listening to this podcast, you are already a step uh, beyond where we were, and that is... Find other people who are going through it and listen to their stories and hear that you're not alone on this, that other people are dealing with very similar situations to you. And they're getting negatives too. They're getting those negative pregnancy tests and they're, you know, doing all of the shots and they're having their own setbacks and... It can it can help to realize that you're not alone. Yeah. It can also help to tell your story. And whether that's sharing that in one of those Facebook groups um, or, you know, just talking to a friend or a therapist about it, that can help a lot. Um, we've said before on the podcast, and we'll stand by it, the best thing that we ever did on our journey was start the GoFundMe. And it's not because the GoFundMe provided us with a bunch of money. It provided us with some. I'm not saying it didn't, but it was a drop in the bucket compared to what we needed. But what it did do is it started the conversation with our friends and family members on something that we were afraid, maybe ashamed to talk about before that. And as soon as I pressed publish on that GoFundMe and it posted that first update to Facebook that said, help us on this journey because we've been trying to have a baby for six years. I felt this weight off my shoulders. Yes. I like physically felt this. Like I suddenly was an inch taller because I didn't have the weight of the world hanging down on me. And I could talk to people about it, and I did. Yeah. And I talked to, to people at work about it, and they didn't have any idea that we were going through this. And I talked to friends and family members, and they didn't have any idea that we were going through this. Yeah. 
And um, I just kept getting, oh, we just assumed you guys didn't want kids, mm-hmm. which, I mean, it's better than someone badgering us about when is it going to get another kid? So, but it, you might even be surprised because one of the things that happened to to me is not long after I started doing this, uh, a coworker at the job that I was at pulled me aside. And we hadn't really talked a lot before then. I mean, we knew each other. We talked. We were co-workers and everything. But she pulled me aside and she said, I I read about what you were going through. I saw you, the GoFundMe and all that stuff. And um, me and my husband are going through something similar. And she told me her story. And we talked about it. And we talked about what would be next for her and and what she can do and and what we've been doing and i told her about our trips to the doctor on on a near weekly basis a couple times it was twice in one week you know driving 200 miles to see a doctor um and it helped her out and it helped me out because i was helping someone else and I was getting things off my chest, and I was was not focusing on negatives. I was focusing on positives. So, um, so, so getting your story out there can be a big thing. And I understand it is daunting, and it is just like knee shakingly scary. But once it's out there, and once you're open about it, things get so much easier. Um, and that's part of why we started this podcast. Um, normally by this point in the podcast, we'd have told a story that someone had submitted about their journey. Um, and many of them were at some point in the journey, but had not found the success that they wanted. And some of them were people who'd had success and now had a healthy baby at home. But we're out of stories. We haven't gotten any more submissions recently. And and we're sad about that because we really did like telling the stories of, of listeners and of people out there. So if you're a listener to this podcast and you're in your journey, wherever you are, just beginning it, you know, just started seeing a doctor or you've had a couple IUIs and it hasn't been successful yet, or you're in the process of IVF and you're two months pregnant or whatever. We want, we want to share your story. We want to get it out there so other people can see that they're not alone. And so, um, in the links for this podcast, there's going to be a, um, a flow page. That's going to have links to our Facebook and our Twitter and email address, as well as uh, the form to tell us your story, to help us get it out there. And if you want to keep your name private, we're happy to do that. If you have a GoFundMe you want us to publicize, we're happy to do that as well. Um, Or an Etsy page. Or an Etsy page. You're you're selling hand-knitted doilies. I don't know. Whatever. Make some cat stuff. I'm yeah. always looking up cat stuff on Etsy. So, so <laughs> we'll whatever you're doing to fundraise, let us know. We'll get the word out on that as well. Um, or if you're not ready, but you know someone who's on the journey, 
drop them an email with that link and say, this podcast is looking for submissions about people and their dealings with infertility. Um, send the word out there. If you're comfortable with it, share this episode or one of our previous episodes on your social media so that other people can find this. Share the link to share the, the your stories. Um, if you're in a Facebook group that I'm not a part of, which I'm not a part of a lot of them, I try, try to be in a few, but I don't want to bombard. But if you're in one of those, mention to the people in that group that there's a great podcast that's looking for stories to tell because we really want to get more stories out there and tell people from all stages of the journey. We just want people to feel comfortable, more comfortable, and just know you're not alone. Mm-hmm. It's It gets thrown, thrown around a lot, the idea of normalized talking about blah, blah, blah. But that's really kind of the goal of this is to normalize talking about infertility because it does affect so many people in this world and... It doesn't deserve to be talked about with hushed tones. It deserves to be talked about with full voices. No. Um, so, so we'd love to tell your story or your friend's story or anyone's story. So, um, if you're also enjoying this show, though, hit us up with a review on whatever platform you want to, whatever you listen to it on. That would be great. It really helps other people find the show. Um, we're really excited to make this show, and hopefully we can share some more people's stories here soon. Um, but for now, I think we're going to wrap things up for this episode. Um, as we always say, may your dreams for tiny feet be answered soon. Thanks for listening, and as always, we're going to let our little scientific miracle send us off with love and kisses. Bye! I love you. Hello. Hello. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you. Mwah.